travellers and welcome to podcast 112 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Well, today we're continuing the rather challenging job of uh, tackling the very visual subject of a room with a view, but extending it, and uh, this was your suggestion last week, Simon, in a foodie direction to encompass a plate with a view. Anyway, since last week's recording, I gather you've been on the move, as usual, because when I spoke to you at midweek, you were in Faro, if I heard correctly, on that very dodgy phone line. I certainly was. So I left um, Madeira from my beautiful room with a view overlooking the Atlantic. I flew to Lisbon. I then travelled from there down to the Stubal Peninsula, just south of Lisbon, an area I've never been to before. I decided that my favourite all-time new city of discovery is Stubal itself, um, a, a an old working port with a with a, a heart of gold um, with plenty of uh, splendid rooms with splendid views um, and I then followed the coast and finally as you say to Faro Airport a very uh, favourite place and I am speaking to you now from um, the terrace of the Hare and Hounds in Bath I am overlooking the great valley into which uh, the city of Bath is draped. This is an, an old pub. It looks a bit more like a, a country house. Um, it's got exactly the right kind of faded uh, yellow stone. Um, the, there's a, the meadows are tumbling down into the valley and I can just see the River Avon glinting in the sun, um, probably 500 feet or so south from here. I did want to just add a postscript to um, your glowing report on Setubal, Setubal, which is actually spelled S-E-T-U-B-A-L, if I remember correctly. Um, Uh, Exactly. um, Yes. Have you been uh, there? Well, actually, I have. And uh, spent a um, a not particularly comfortable week in a a rental cottage with uh, some friends of mine who were having, um, I suppose you would call it a marital crack up at the time. And the view from this little house was of the local fish cannery. And I cannot tell you what a horrible smell. This was a room with a smell because the uh, stink (laughs) of, um, I presume they were sardines, maybe anchovies being, um, being canned was just something, something else. Um, (laughs) And a metaphor for, um, uh, sad, sadly, um, emotional fragmentation, I, I guess, in some way. And it might also be a reference to um, that old saying, which is something like um, uh, fish start to go off after four days and guests <laughs> after three, because I don't really think I was all that welcome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, that, 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 I think that's a whole different um, podcast. Um, uh, uh, the the, the um, uh, Mick Webb um <laughs> Therapy hour. Um, I'd subscribe. Uh, yeah, thousands <laughs> wouldn't, though. Um, but enough about us. Let's get on to what listeners have brought to the party. And this week is mainly a fantastic collection of photos of rooms with views. Thank you to all who have contributed. And if you want to see the archive, I've set up a Flickr account and you'll be able to get into it via the homepage for this week's podcast at anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. And of course, this is podcast 112. Mick, what did you take from the photos? 
Well, first of all, I was surprised and very grateful for the uh, for the flood of uh, of photos. But um, I thought they were a very uh, impressive bunch, often extremely striking. And there was an interesting mixture of uh, city centre scenes, beachscapes, landscapes, some good waterfall shots, and uh, and some very unexpected pictures as well. Any particular favourites? Well, I must say I found Delta Charlie Travels one quite stunning. Delta Charlie's tweet reads, Lesbos, Greece, probably the best unfiltered picture I've ever taken, the view from my room. Well, I think Delta Charlie was um, uh, absolutely right to be um, less than modest about this picture because uh, it really is lovely. Uh, The room in question has a white painted window frame set into uh, whitey grey stone walls, sort of dry stone wall effect. So the majority of the photo is pretty well monochrome. Um, But really, it's just the frame for what you can see through the window, uh, which is a most resplendent sunset. Um, I imagine it's a sunset and not a sunrise uh, with the sort of horizontal strips of orange and pink above a calm grey sea. I mean, it's really atmospheric. Um, did you see that one, by the way? Uh, yes. And interestingly, uh, although the count is still going on for uh, plates or meals with a view, um, Greece is very much in the lead. And Lesbos is is, is one of the uh, favourites, although it looks to me as though at this stage, and bear in mind that um, I know uh, your trusty swingometer will tell us this, um, it's, it's not over till it's over, uh, but Santorini, um, or, or the, the town of Fira in Santorini in Greece, is, uh, is scoring very well. Gosh, it's nearly as exciting as Eurovision. Um, I also <laughs> liked um, Jason Francis's view from his hotel in Pisa. Waking up and seeing the Leaning Tower was amazing. Again, I really like the colours. There are these ochre-coloured uh, houses in, in the foreground, and then there's he's sort of looking down from, from the hotel window onto the red canopies of, I think, it's a selection of restaurants rather than market stalls in the square below. And then in, in the distance, uh, you suddenly get this contrasting white stone of the, I think it's the cathedral, and of course, the iconic Leaning Tower. Yes, and I, I think it's great that you can have a room with a view of a tourist icon, um, because a lot of them, yeah, but people say, oh, that's just a cliche, but uh, um, I think it does absolutely sum up a location. And if you've got, uh, we're still taking pictures, of course, of rooms with views. And if you would like to submit one which has the Eiffel Tower or the Taj Mahal or the Sydney Harbour Bridge or Opera House, we are always pleased to see your work. Indeed, we are. But let me just tell you about my 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 last favourite, which comes into the category of unusual, unexpected or left field, I suppose. And that's a photo from um, Melissa Talago. Her picture shows the the ends of a pair of red sleeping bags there in the foreground. And then beyond them uh, is a river, a very fast flowing one by the looks of it. And uh, it's set against the backdrop of a stony hillside with uh, short uh, Mediterranean trees on it. Um, And this is what uh, Melissa's accompanying tweet uh, said. What beats room with a view is no room at all. Sleeping under the stars on the banks of the Ahansel River in Morocco. 
Uh, here's a second picture to show the scenery, and and her other picture um, actually shows what I imagine is her group of uh, intrepid white water rafters um, getting ready for action on on that uh, self same river. Well, I, I think yes, there's a special category for for no rooms with a view. I I, I I've I've not slept under the stars very much. I know you have rather more than me, but um, Wadi Room um is, has a fantastic um. I think it was a cheap hotel where if you wanted a really cheap hotel, you simply laid out your sleeping bag on the roof. And then in the deserts of Namibia, I was on an overland truck trip and we were invited to do the same. Have you have you had um, have you woken up in your sleeping bag to great views? And I don't mean of me. Uh, well, you were actually included uh, incidentally in this because um, it was a night that we spent uh, outdoors at the end of the uh, the Pyrenean um, trek from the Atlantic to the Mediterranean and I think it was the last night before we actually um, reached the uh, the Mediterranean and uh, were able to wash off the dust of the road um, we spent outside and this was partly because if I remember rightly we were trialing a couple of things called bivy bags <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which, if anybody's um, not used them, uh, I suppose a hybrid, really, of a, um, a sleeping bag and a tent. Would that be fair to say? Yes, it was. Uh, I would say that they they would uh, that they are not luggage that I continue to carry. That's all I will say. But um, they did allow us a night night under the stars in sort of a tent. But it was it a sleeping bag, and um, uh, the main thing was that we both survived. Well, we did. And I, well, I remember waking up early and the mist was just clearing. And down on one side of this ridge where we did you pitch bivy bag? Well, anyway, where we put the bivy bags. Um, on, on one side, on the northern side, was France, which was a very green and sort of carpeted in pine trees and looked very welcoming. And then on the other side, on the Spanish side, the south side, there was this sort of grim, gritty landscape of, of red rock. But on top of one of these rocks was an absolutely astonishingly um, well-preserved, or so it looked to me, castle. And it, I looked it up later and it was the Castillo de Requesense, um, which I have meant ah. to go and uh, properly visit uh, ever since. And of course, I never have. <laughs> Things livening up here just a little bit um, <laughs> while, while we discuss those views, because um, the population of the terrace um, is now approaching 20. Um, uh, that's humans, wow. um, uh, two dogs so far. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, everybody is um, is enjoying now the uh, uh, the view. I am meanwhile going to see if I can if I can get a plate with a view. Uh, oh, excuse me. May, may I see a menu, please? Thank you very much. There we are. Let's see what I'm, I'm going to have. It's a, a kind of slightly hipsterish place, it seems to be. So I may have to have the avocado, smashed avocado and poached egg. I think you um, really should. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and they, they, they've even brought some, a bowl of water for, for one of the uh, dogs. Oh, so, uh, so things are looking good here. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about your um, your uh, favourites amongst the listeners' uh, tweets of photos with views. Well, I think Inga Davis Rutter, who has been to a town, a city in India, which I know very well, Darjeeling, um, up in the uh, Himalayan foothills, really, um, in the uh, extreme north 
east of India. Um, and she has just sent a beautiful view of the Himalayas on a clear November morning. And Darjeeling is very special because there is a point just a few miles out of town, um, slightly raised, um, kind of a, 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 a a junior, junior Himalaya, I guess it would be, where you can see, I think, three of the highest of the five highest mountains in the world, including Everest, which is wow. uh, well over 100 miles away, but um, quite spectacular. So uh, and, and I tell you what, it, it, she has also entered the um, the, the, the great um, feast of of entries to the uh, meal or plate with a view, um, she's actually sent a picture of a picnic that the hotel prepared for her that she ate beside a rushing river uh, near Darjeeling as well. That sounds fantastic. I bet that doesn't include smashed avocado. No, and it is more, I must say, about the uh, about the, the, the setting rather than the <laughs> ingredients of the picnic. Of course, it's not all that easy to um, to get your uh, room with a view of the Himalayas possibly possibly more straightforward to find somewhere that looks out on the uh, leaning tower of pisa or indeed the eiffel tower and uh, tudor fan 40 has sent us a note saying i've just booked a hotel room with views of the eiffel tower ultimate view in my opinion Simon, can you recall any views of of um, iconic uh, landscapes or buildings well, I think possibly like you, Mick, I'm slightly unwilling to um, pay what is undoubtedly a premium for a, a, a room with a view. Um, and so, therefore, I would simply have to look at um, somewhere like the uh, Capitol Reef Motel in Utah, which was a pretty standard um, uh, place to stay. You just drive up and park and um, you did have an astonishing view across the uh, uh, the canyon lands of, of that fine state. Um, and, yeah, everywhere everywhere I book, I'm afraid, is <laughs> this includes this week when I was um, on the Algarve coast. It's a couple of blocks from the sea because it's about half the price. So I'm afraid, um, uh, yes, I, I have to do that in order to be able to splash out on um, uh, smashed avocado and poached eggs well i must say i'm with you there anyway what we haven't really gone into is moving views whether that's by air by sea by river or by rail but this week i caught up with nikki gardner co-author of europe by rail coincidentally whose 17th splendid edition is uh, out this week and she has been telling me about her favorite journey with a view i think i would opt for the euro city eight um train number eight which uh leaves cologne at um sometime i think it's about 10 40 in the morning just before 11 and uh i would uh it runs to zurich and um i would um have morning coffee in the uh panorama car on the train and I would then walk to the next carriage which is a lovely Swiss restaurant car and I would probably um, have a leisurely lunch ideally with my partner but you could join us too Simon as we cruise up the Rhine and um, reaching um, uh, the Swiss border by late afternoon. I think by that stage I'd be back in the 
panorama car savouring the Swiss scenery. And just a reminder that this is not the super duper high speed train um, that, that runs from Cologne in about five minutes to Basel. This <laughs> takes the traditional route beside the Rhine. It does indeed. And it's um, a journey well worth making. Well, Nikki Gardner's suggestion sounds great, uh, but I would like to know a bit more about uh, what I would see from this uh, slow moving but uh, lovely panoramic coach. I mean, is it a landscape of vines and uh, gentle fields and things like that? Uh, um, that that's great. My, my avocado has just arrived. Nikki's train ride is terrain that I know very well. You sweep upstream beside the Rhine, passing the fine city of Bonn, former capital of West Germany, of course. And then the the gorge into which the Rhine squeezes gradually gets tighter and tighter, and you uh, have superb views. Interestingly enough, um, equally good from a, a river ferry or a, a cruise uh, river cruise. Um, you then kind of get through all that, and you are then into the kind of flatlands um, beside the, the Vosges to the west of France and the Black Forest to the east, um, you cruise down through Freiburg, a lovely city in its own right, and you finally cross into Basel where you stop at the German station, which is still part of Germany, effectively in railway terms. A lovely ride, and I can't wait to um, uh, replicate it. And uh, how long does that take? Oh, well, I, I think you could probably make the journey in about two, two and a half hours by high speed train. It's going to be nearer to five on the uh, on the train number eight. Um, but slow travel is a, a, a very good thing. Well, certainly in this case, I can't really see the point of doing it in the fast train if you actually want to enjoy the view. But call me old fashioned. <laughs> no, I will call you a um, great writer, Mick, because um, if we can move on to uh, a plate or a meal with a view, um, this this was for a time a, a strand in the independent. Um, and I found a contribution from your good self um, from March 2008. This was actually La Cantina at Benoahan Station. Can you share it with us? Well, if you force me to or, or pay me money. Go on then. You'd hardly expect a functioning railway station to provide either a lunch or a view to remember. But you'll get both of these at La Estación de Benoahan on the line between Ronda and Algeciras in deepest Andalusia. La Cantina is the no-nonsense name of the tapas bar which plies its trade on the up platform, that's the one towards Ronda, and whose tables with a nice touch of the exotic are arranged beneath a row of sweet-smelling orange trees. Benoahan itself, one of uh, Andalusia's attractive white villages, clings to the nearby hillside, while one of the area's most appealing small hotels, Molino del Santo, is just a five-minute stroll from the station. So what did you actually eat, Mick? Yes, going on to the plate. La Cantina's tapas, prepared by Angela and Rossi, are unpretentious and traditional, but they are robust, tasty and satisfying. The local formula is the one to follow. Choose a number of raciones and share them, washing them down with beer, house Rioja or Andalusia's favourite tipple, chilled dried fino sherry. Amongst the staple offerings are cheese, Spanish omelette and callos, tripe. 
Ugh, not my favourite, I must say. Well worth trying is the pisto, a stew of Mediterranean vegetables, which is made by Angel's mum. While the best of the meat dishes, chorizo al vino, spicy sausage in wine, and chuletas de cerdo, pork chops, are based on local pork products. Benoajan is famed in southern Spain for its chorizo, produced from free-range black pigs and consumed in vast quantities at the annual fiesta, La Verbena del Tren, the Feast of the Train, which is held at the station towards the end of July. And now we have the view. Towering above the little station are the steep white limestone crags of La Sierra de Libar, sparsely dotted with green bushes and traversed by flocks of goats. On one of the very many hot days, you'll see vultures circling slowly in a deep blue sky. This is excellent walking country, and a particularly pleasant and undemanding path links Benoahan with the next station down the line, Jimera de Libar. The riverside stroll following the valley of the river Guadiaro will help either to work up a good appetite or, alternatively, to walk off your lunch. An even more relaxing way to pass the time is just to sit with a drink, listening to the hoarse voices of La Cantina's locals and the click-clack of their dominoes. In earlier times, the train chugging up from the coast was known as the Smuggler's Express, which is slightly ironic because it was reputedly going slowly enough for contraband cigarettes and butter to be sold through the coach <laughs> windows. <laughs> but uh, nowadays the drama is limited to an occasional brief flurry of activity as the station master dons his red cap and brandishes his whistle to greet one of the four daily trains. Oh, marvellous. Well, look, my um, avocados um, and uh, coffee are going to be coming towards, I think, £15 by the time I've um, added a tip. What was the what was the bill, if you can recall that, uh, 14 years on? Well, fourteen years on. Well, I did write it down. It was it was an it was an essential part of the uh, the commission, <laughs> and uh, what it says here, um, tapas brackets bite sized appetizers. My word, people didn't know what they were in those <laughs> days. Are seventy or eighty centimos a piece? Oh, I suspect right. they're a little bit more than that now. Yes. Probably about. Three, four euros, maybe. And excellent. Well, I'm glad that you've moved on to um, <laughs> moved on from pesetas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The yeah. raciones, full yeah. portions, cost between six and seven euros. I, I'm sure that's a, getting on for fifteen now. But um, a filling meal for two with wine will set you back about twenty-five euros. Uh, so that would be probably double that now as well. But um, and it says here, although I don't know if this has changed as well, La Cantina is open from one in the afternoon till 11 at night and is closed on Wednesdays. Oh, <laughs> Wednesdays, <laughs> the dark day for La Cantina. Well, if you've been to La Cantina, even more recently, the mixed trip um, in 2008, um, do let us know. I'm going to bring you a bit more up to date um, by recommending uh, the Sitio do Forno, which I dined in um, just five nights ago. Um, this is on the coast, on the clifftop, really, uh, close to Carapatera in southwestern Portugal. A superb location. Sitio do Forno, by the way, means oven site. Um, 
that's all but it just of course um produces the most spectacular fresh fish a sea bass which was quite expensive it was one of these ones where you pay by the kilogram or the gram indeed but um an absolute joy a priceless priceless meal and um i look forward to uh uh to, to bringing the full menu uh, to you next week um we do have to uh, mention denzel who's gonna who's suggested the most uh, extraordinary meal he says i and he sent a picture of sicily and he says um i had the saw fish uh swordfish spell check strikes again he sends in a second tweet well there is actually such a thing as a sawfish, you know um uh, also known as a carpenter shark, a family of rays characterized by long, narrow, uh, flattened noses, lined with sharp, transverse <laughs> teeth. God, they look just like a, a, a particular kind of saw. They are amongst the largest <laughs> fish, with some species reaching lengths of seven meters. I don't know if you can eat sawfish or not, but I digress as usual. Um, uh, now, Before we go, uh, I do have one more photo to share. It's actually taken by Sonia Art, retweeted by friend of the podcast, Linda WS. Mm -hmm. Now, Linda responded to one of our earlier um, calls for new topics to cover in our podcast. The photo she sends fits into the category of, um, well, I suppose somewhere between left field and plane with a view. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a view of the back of the plane seat in front of the person who took the picture, except you can't see the back of the seat as it's covered uh, by a, I suppose you'd call it a magnificent mane of hair belonging to the passenger um, in the seat in front who has tossed it backwards over his but probably her head to avoid I suppose messing it up or having to sit on it I mean really it is that long and uh, Linda W's tweet accompanies the photo in this way hello at you should have bt episode topic suggestion bad manners selfish people on planes seat without a view Pass the scissors. <laughs> it is, that, that's, that's an extraordinary account and photograph, and it just shows the capacity for fellow travellers to um, uh, inflict themselves on your journey. Uh, knows no bounds. Of course, we'd love to hear more, in particular, on the subject of um, uh, plates with views. You can tweet us at you should have BT or leave us an audio message, which we love at anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. Well, after that amuse-bouche, um, we look forward to bringing you a whole menu, a feast of plates with views next week. But for now, from me, Simon Calder. And from me, Mick Webb, wishing you, Simon, a, a very happy, if cold, um, poached egg. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.